Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. What's up, everybody? Matt Aguilar here. and Welcome, welcome to Comic Book Nation's The Pool List, where we talk comics all the time. Much to everyone's chagrin, but I love it, and everyone else here loves it, so we're in. Uh, today, I've got an awesome team with me. We're, I've got my brother from another Kofi Outlaw, and making her a debut on the pool list is the amazingly talented Nicole Drum. How are you guys? Hello. Hey, hey. I'm doing good. Hey, hey, hey. I'm excited. We got we got a lot of books to talk about. It's always hard, actually, to rein this in, even though we talk like 30 minutes about comics. There's still like five other books <laughs> that I tried to make the the cut, and, and it's uh, incredibly difficult to do that. But uh, as our title implies, uh, there will be we're going to be talking spoilers for both of the books coming up and all of our rapid fires. But Marvel has been pretty clear that this is the final moments of Moon Knight. So when we get into the death of Moon Knight and things. That's actually not a spoiler. Marvel's been pretty clear, but we will be getting into spoilers of everything that happens in Moon Knight number 30. So let's uh, start there. We will have DC though, uh, and boom, and image and other stuff coming up later on. Uh, for Moon Knight number 30, this is the final seconds uh, over the last couple issues. We've seen kind of this big giant battle happening at the Mount uh, with Black Spectre. And it's kind of been a credit to all of the work that Jed McKay has done on the series to this point of developing the supporting cast of Moon Knight that I feel like, you know, all of that is kind of coalescing here. And, and in the final moments, we really do get to see for the most part, the, the death of Moon Knight. And I think my, my kind of main topic here, in addition to just how we feel about the book in general is Marvel has kind of a, a rep of doing you know, when a character makes a big debut on in the MCU or they're about to have a new show or they're going to be spotlighted in some way. Marvel typically does kind of some, hey, spotlight comic of the character. And sometimes it's the, hey, we're killing them <laughs> so we can bring them back in kind of this like soft reboot way. And I have my own issues with that. And honestly, I think for the most part, it's had so-so results. And in this case, though, I think it actually it works, but it, it works for kind of several reasons. One, this has been planned from the beginning of, of the series and little threads and little Easter eggs and things have been planted there from the first year of Moon Knight stories. And all of that stuff is coming into play in number 30. So it doesn't feel like it was just kind of someone added a, you know, a sunroom when like it didn't necessarily belong there. Like it's actually part of the whole building. Uh, and then number two is that death is such an intrinsic part of Moon Knight and the relationship he has with with Khonshu and all of the mythology, like McKay has done such a good job of building that up that I think death is just like a natural extension of that. And they've been dealing with it. So here it, it feels like kind of this full circle moment as opposed to just, oh, we're, we're taking someone off the board for shock value. So I think all of that kind of is in its favor. And, and I can go into other details later on. But first, like, do you do you agree? Is this kind of the best of those kind of the death of stories that, that Marvel has done. And, and what did you think of it overall? 
Nicole, please take it. Take it first. I was gonna say. I was gonna say. Who wants to jump in? Um, honestly, like I do think this might be the best of the the death of stories and the, the way they did this. And I, I have to admit, I have not been the biggest follower of Moon Knight. It, Moon Knight has never really been like super high on my characters to read and watch. Even though I, I did love the MCU stuff, I do like what I read. And I read this kind of lightly. So when I read this one, kind of coming into it as from a kind of a fresh perspective, I was really, really taken with how well-crafted this death story actually is. And that really surprised me because it doesn't feel cheap. It actually feels really earned. It feels layered and nuanced. And it does kind of really weave into like the nature of the character and the mythology of the character. And it felt like there were real, like I felt myself like kind of starting to like panic a little bit as I was reading. Like I actually felt real emotions with this. Like I was just like, oh my God, they're going to do it. They're actually going to do it. And like, they felt like there were real genuine stakes. And even though like death and death in comics is rarely ever sticks. I know that there's going to be more for this character, but unlike some of the death of characters or the last days of characters, this felt genuine this had me feeling things and i was like a couple times like there are a couple of panels in there where he's getting his stuff together to 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 do the the big thing and save folks and 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 end this before his end i actually got like i felt myself like getting a little like kind of my tearing up a little bit like you see all these it's like these, these goodbyes but like kind of acceptance and i was just like oh man this this feels real. This this felt like a genuine story, not just a oh, we gotta make a character, we gotta do this thing and like razzle dazzle and <laughs> razzle dazzle. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta have to pull something something to like you know, propel things for the razzle dazzle. This didn't feel like this. This felt like genuinely good storytelling that honored the character, honored everything they did, was well put together. And now I'm like I need to go back and like detail read everything and get hit in the gut again when I get back to this because it just, it fell so well. And it was just really brilliantly put together. Like I'm, I'm hella impressed and it sounds terrible, but the death of Moon Knight may have just made me a Moon Knight fan. <laughs> well, that's the goal, right? That always seems to be the goal right? of, these, of these things. And finally uh, it, it worked. Uh, and I think too, I, this is one of those rare ones that like, you can not have followed. And I think you still, like you said, you still get a lot out of it. There's still like a lot of, it makes you interested in those characters. And then also for people who've been following since the beginning, it's kind of this awesome full circle uh, payoff. Kofi, what did, what did you think? Um, I think I fall somewhere in the middle for you guys, of you guys. I think that the actual, I'm with Nicole in that the actual death of Moon Knight, of Mark Spector Moon Knight, and that, kind of sequence was very well done and different and i also got maybe not emotional but like it really did hit me when the personalities are there and that yeah. whole thing and they're mm-hmm. kind of coming together and you see the value of having all of them and they're spurning him and pushing him on to go when mark specter is given up jake and steve and like you know they're all working together to kind of get him to that goal. And that's epic. Like that is epic. I found that like the, while obviously like McKay had the focus on make and like you said, actually earning and making this death of a character feel like something. I felt like the circumstances around it weren't as strong. Um, I didn't like the villain and all of that and how that kind of worked out just felt, I mean, we had two, 
great villains here, like Zodiac and uh, uh, I've been reading too much. I always want to call him Black Mask. What's the other? <laughs> uh, Black Spectre. Black Spectre, yeah. And so, like, I thought that thing could have been more intricate and more entertaining. But clearly the focus here wasn't on the villains. It was on Mark Spector. So it delivered like what it was supposed to deliver, which was the main event and spectacle. And as far as kind of issues go, I loved that it was uncomplicated. Marvel had told us all this. This this wasn't about surprise. This wasn't about anything. It was literally just how does this man choose to die and what is he dying for? And as you said, in the context of Moon Knight's world, that has so many larger ramifications. Like one big hinge to this whole story that I did love was, you know, our our knockoff Joker type villain, you know, no offense to Zodiac, but like saying, hey, you know, wait a minute, he always comes back. Like yeah. that's and they're being like, no, fool, that's not what's happening here. And being like, oh, wait, ah, you know. And so that's what how death plays in a Moon Knight and him having to kind of face that with finality, which, you know, probably won't be finality, but, you know, to him it is in this moment. Like, it, it was a powerful way. And like I said, seeing the personalities converge, that really did hit me to see, you know, Mark in this weird last moments kind of get this, kind of teamwork piece that it was missing in his life was, you know, that was good stuff. But um, like I said, the villain stuff felt kind of the surrounding stuff felt weak, but it had to make space for just what was a simple push in a simple, you know, journey, a bloody, bloody, painful climb to one last heroic goal. So, you know, mission accomplished on that front. So I think I was mixed. I was a little bit mixed. I didn't like the circumstances getting there, but I loved like the main event when we got there. So mm-hmm. Well, and it's funny, too, because, like, um, you mentioned Zodiac. And I think Zodiac has been, you know, he's been being built this whole time. And I, even through, like, his initial story, I really enjoyed it. But I never thought, like, he complete like, it hadn't completely clicked yet where he was really, like, the nemesis to Moon Knight that they clearly wanted him to be. And I felt here that finally did. And, yeah, there's, like, Joker parallels, obviously, with, like, you know, that's, I'm going to kill him. Like, I'm going to be the end of that person. And he's kind of like this kind of dysfunctional family member. And I love when Reese tells him that, and he has that moment of realization and he makes a deal with the mission, which like, who even knew you could do that? Like, there's all kinds of of layers there too. And, And I like that when he comes, when he does pop up back and that whole Plesco moment, like the way that's, uh, you know, displayed like in artwork form, like Alessandro is just like knocked that out of the park. This whole mm-hmm. issue, like he he is to me the preeminent Moon Knight artist of kind of 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 modern stuff. Like we've seen a lot of amazing artists on Moon Knight over like all time, but in the modern era, like this is his his Moon Knight just looks completely different, uh, and se- it sets a tone more than any other you know thing in recent memory. But I love those moments that Zodiac finally, it feels like he finally is that person. Like whenever, you know, Mark comes back in whatever form that is down the line, like you can move Zodiac back in here and like be, and it'll fit and it'll feel like it was earned, especially, you know, I like that the, I agree with you on the Plesco stuff. Cause when that reveal was initially done, I was like, Oh, okay. It, It wasn't underwhelming because they had actually done a red herring reveal like three pages before of someone else. And I was like, oh, well, that sucks. <laughs> and then they went, oh, no, it's him. And I was like, OK, that's better. But still. But I thought the focus here was more on bringing in Bushman, like having that tie to Mark's 
you know, Mark's ultimate nemesis, mm-hmm. uh, I think was really smart and the way they tied that in. Uh, I love the stuff with like bringing in, you know, Jason Aaron's run and everything he did with Moon Knight and Conchu and like him being, you know, in prison essentially and his power has been waning over time and that having like ultimate ripple effects here because he can't bring him back. Like all that stuff, like just McKay did such a great job of pulling from all those threads and into one couple of issue series. And I thought it was just extremely well done. But I do agree with you. I think the weakest part is probably the the villain side just because that part's the least interesting. I don't think that's necessarily an, an issue, but I think it's it just pales in comparison to some of the other stuff here. We got to get to that last page, though. I am so hyped that we're getting, you know, Midnight Mission 2.0. It's going to be Reese leading. Uh, I, I just love the, the visual of that, which is amazing. But then, like, Hunter's Moon gets a new suit, and that looks mm-hmm. sick. Soldier in the in the Moon Knight white, like, ugh. Tiger was part of it. I was just, I was so happy. I was like, if you're going to do a book without your main character, essentially, this is a credit to how much you've developed that supporting cast. And that page is just absolutely fantastic. It is a gorgeous piece of art. It really is. <laughs> I need that. It was, I, I'm just like, dang. I was going to say, I'm like, I want, I want that as something I can frame. Like it was like, dang, that's cool. And it, it the, the art itself, you would tell like, even if like for me, like someone who's not super familiar with the story of Till Now, like, cause I'm, again, I jumped into this and I'm going backwards, but like just that picture, like the art itself holds so much gravity from the story bringing into it. That's like, oh, oh, this is good. This is good. They cooked here. Like this, it's just beautiful. Like the art and the, the all the art is fantastic. Yeah. Like I'm not always super sold on some of the art and Marvel books. I, I don't know why. I think it's just a personal preference thing, but the art in this particular book is just chef's kiss, top notch stuff. Like it's fantastic. I love the, all the choices. Like it's rare that I really think the choices fit things perfectly. And this really does, especially that last page. Yeah. Are you excited for the, the future of this Kofi? Are you kind of, does this have your, your interest? Cause we're also getting, obviously the, I think it's vengeance of moon Knight, and that's like yeah, this. Vengeance of yeah. Moon Knight, yeah. I mean, yeah, I like the mid. I told you, I think you and I started this Jed McKay run talking about it on the show, on the regular. Subscribe to Comic Book Nation. But um, yeah, we. I, I always liked that this was the status quo for Moon Knight. Um, that this was kind of like where we were starting after the whole uh, Garth Ennis run and all of that. Like when when Mister Knight started in the street level, I always liked street level Moon Knight, and so the Midnight Mission was such an interesting concept and allowed for the same kind of like casework or you know stuff like that and how weird it could be supernatural it could be sci-fi like you know moon knight could go a lot of places and so i liked having that kind of central grounding and i think over this run all of the characters these aren't just like a thrown together rabble of characters like every one of them we've gotten to know in this series and i think gotten to love you know who don't we love here like i love reese i love (laughs) Hunter's Moon, like, you know, these are those two alone in a book are just interesting to me. So, I mean, this group, I definitely think they have a good shot at kind of carrying and, and doing with that concept, something good with that concept. I mean, yeah. so I need more eight ball too. eight ball is fantastic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Eight ball uh, just looks cool. It's the yeah. coolest design. If you design, I know, if you right? if you said that design like in text form. 
you go, that sounds like the dumbest thing. And it, and it kind of is, but it's amazing. It's, it's, it's so dumbness. Cool. <laughs> I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, and moving into, you know, mo- let's move into DC's book uh, this week, because this is actually uh, similarly dark <laughs> in, a, in a different way, but similarly uh, kind of just, boy, this book is, so we're talking about Batman Gargoyle of Gotham. This is the second issue. Uh, this is kind of one of the latest DC Black Label uh, books. Um and this is a very we've had the pleasure and Nicole is one of, you know, comic books, biggest Batman uh, experts and aficionados. So uh, we had to talk about a Batman book uh, on the show when she was here. But it was also we've had it's been a great year for Batman stories. Uh, this has been I mean, I think even the night finished up early this year. Right. Was that 2023 or am I mixing years? <laughs> Honestly, this whole up. year has been a blur, but I think it did finish this year. I think it finished think. up. Yeah. Okay. So um, yeah, early, early last year. And if it's early last year, that's kind of, that's crazy. No, but yeah. I think, no, no, it was early this year. Yeah. It was. Okay. It was, it, was, it, was, it was very early this year, I believe. <laughs> Cause yeah, Zdarsky. And then of course, Zdarsky's, Zdarsky's run uh, has been, you know, has been really interesting and, and had great stories of its own. And then there's been a number of other series. Mm-hmm. Um, so this one comes at it from the, my, I typically get annoyed when Batman tries to do the whole like isolating thing. Cause like, we've mm-hmm. just seen that time and time again, but I will give this book credit because like, at first, especially this issue, because you move to a certain point in this issue and like, to me, the whole story turns because of a revelation about like what happened right after the death of Bruce's parents and that whole like sequence and the stuff that comes after. And I'll get into spoilers in a second. I'll actually say what it is. But like that whole thing kind of turned the issue around for me and like, OK, we are we're willing to kind of take some risks and go to some, you know, kind of grotesque places uh with this thread of wanting to kill bruce wayne like batman he wants to be batman and he feels like that's the most effective way and we've seen that theme played around a lot with this year but like his the reasons why like the repressed memory and his relationship with alfred is all enough to kind of make it unique and so i'm like i'm in and i'm enjoying it i i don't know exactly kind of what's what the plan is like i, I just kind of go into this book not knowing really what to expect all i know is it's beautiful uh and Raphael's artwork is just stunning <laughs> in in so many places uh nicole what did you what did you think about this do you in a year of great batman stories do you think this one how does this stack up for you I think this is actually a pretty great Batman story. Um, we've had a, if you're a Batman person, 2023 is a wealth. Like we are, we are thriving in 2023 with Batman, but, and like you said, the whole separation of Bruce and Batman has been done ad nauseum from different directions. This one seems to go deeper in a sense. It's Batman stories tend to be gritty and they tend to be dark and it's to be dark and gritty. And then there's this, which kind of, somehow goes deeper and under that. Um, I am very curious to see where this all goes because this is a very dense, lush, dark story. And it's, and what I think really makes this book kind of up there in terms of the whole, all of it, because you've got all the elements here. You've got the Gothic nature of Gotham city. You've got some occult stuff kind of starting to happen. Like that, that additional mystery is what's really interesting to me. You've got, the Bruce Batman dichotomy and re-examining his trauma and then choosing not to really deal with his trauma, which I think is an interesting approach because we do get a lot of here more contemporary Batman and his trauma type of situation. So kind of seeing this as the 
like a break from that in a sense. But also it's it's kind of hard to explain until you actually really, really read it. But what elevates us is that art. The art in this book is so detailed. Like the artist is beautiful at textured backgrounds and textured worlds and everything feels like you could touch it. And it's especially true here. And the color version is fantastic, but there's the Dwarf version, which is all black and white, which is splashes of color in different places. It is so beautifully done. It's almost distracting to the point that I almost think you could read the comic without the words and get the story as well. <laughs> and that's rare. Yeah. It is really rare that you can get art that tells the story as well as the written word. And I think that's what sets this apart in a way that is, again, we're getting kind of an origin of Batman. We're getting a little bit of him splitting off of it's the Bruce versus Batman. It's all, if you're a Batman fan, this is something we, th this is our wheelhouse. This is something we've seen everyone try. This feels special. And it's, I don't know. I, I'm just really deeply hooked. It's a long read. That is, like, is I mean, it's both, it's both a positive and a negative for me. Cause <laughs> it's like, I'm used to like tearing my way through Batman because I, I'm, again, Batman's my thing, but I really, really like that. This isn't rushing. Um, what I like some of the pacing to be a little bit better, probably. Yeah. But there is a lot of like setting up a lot of digging in and it's obviously more than just Batman. And I think that is the best stories are always the best Batman stories are more than about just Batman. And they're more than just about Bruce Wayne. And this really does that well while still centering. And there is a page in the book that I love. And it's where he's in that, that space surrounded by those masked figures. And oh, yeah. the one says a demon cub falls to earth and breaks its wings. It becomes the devil and kills the man. I, I just thought that was just not only such a cool page, but just such a cool moment that really just encapsulates a lot of the feeling of what's going on here. Th this is definitely a top tier book for me right now. It's not perfect, but dang, it, it's, <laughs> I, I'm I am not a kill the Bruce to be the Batman kind of person, but this this might be getting me. <laughs> really might. It's Wednesday over on the on the on the formula. Kofi, how we've we've been very, you know, high on, on a lot of on a lot of Batman stories this year. How does this rank for you? How are you feeling about it? Are you sticking with it? Oh, uh, I mean I let you guys cook because I didn't want to interrupt the positivity. Train. No, do it. That's what, we, that's what it's all about, oh, man. Um, no, I, I think this one is kind of a failed experiment for me. Like, I think this is way too dense. I, I don't see how many people this is going to really appeal to. I feel like it's way too dense. Like, it's hard to just keep track of the kind of noir mystery part of it. And who we we already have like three freaky people running. <laughs> Black skin. We have, and then there's a showdown between two of the freaky people, and I'm like, guys, I don't know either one of you like that well enough to like know what's going on. Um, I think the artist is really talented. I don't, and in the writing, right? I think Raphael's a really talented writer and artist. I just don't think this project is, is I think it's too much. I think it's mm. too many ideas pumped into it, and I don't think this artwork is. It's hard. I don't like that Bruce has like the almost like squished kind of Trumpish face, like kind of thing going on and the 
puckered lips. I mean, he's nailing Bruce as an arrogant, rich, that period of his life. I get it, but it, it is a little over the top to me. Um, it's almost like I'm reading like Batman by way of Harvey Picar, and it's like kind of a weird combination for me. Uh, but I'm not here to like say anything bad about the art because, like you said, it's incredibly detailed. Like just looking at a picture of a bunch of people at a mask and the details that are in the church yeah, really from like the vestibules to the damage and the cracks in the walls and everything. Like this is a whole ass world that we're in like for sure. And it's writing on a very almost literary level. This feels like mm -hmm. I'm reading like a, a piece of occult mystery literature more so than a graphic novel, which is, you know, what black label is all about. Yeah. But I think for me as a Batman story, I think there's just too many things going on and it's almost too dense for me to grasp onto any one storyline and kind of be with it. I, I feel like when I'm reading it, I don't firmly have a grasp on everything that's going on by the end and who's who and what's what. And I think two books in, how many books of this are we getting? I forget if this is four. <laughs> I want to say it's three or four. No, I mean, it's like four, four or five. Oh, is it four yeah, or five? Okay. Yeah, it's got to be I something. I felt like it had to be like a higher number. It's not the usual, like it's not going to be like the usual. One. It's four. It's four. It's four. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Uh, okay. It's four. As we all Google. <laughs> like, I got to double check. <laughs> um, I think with, I mean, obviously where this leaves off, like we've literally and figuratively stumbled onto a whole other new part of Gotham. And I think if we get, if I get more information about what that is, this weird, like the church and the occult of it all and how that's all kind of like functioning in Gotham, almost like, a court of owls or something like mm -hmm. that. I think it'll be more interesting and even something that could become a bigger part of the lore. Like, it, and I yeah. think this could, I have a weird feeling like this could actually stick the landing and pull everything together. Um, but there's some dense threads to get through in, in this one. So, uh, yeah. All right. I agree with that a lot, but, but I, yeah. I agree with a lot of what you're saying. It is dense. And I think, mm -hmm. um, there's still I still have problems connecting certain pieces like there's characters that I'm like, OK, who's that again? What? Why does the symbol matter? What is the? Right. Yeah, like, <laughs> there's stuff. There's a lot of stuff like that. I do think that that whole Bruce Wayne, the the whole Alfred Bruce Wayne dynamic is really actually mm -hmm. probably what's most interesting to me, because yes. number one, Bruce is such a jerk <laughs> It starts to jerk to Alfred and Alfred keeps like also telling him like, hey, I suffered too. Like there's that whole thing. And then when they reveal the trauma that Bruce like just beat, went out and found the person who he thought was the person and then just beat them down to where they were paralyzed. And then it was thought for this whole time that he didn't find the right person. And then for that confession to happen and the way it does, like that moment really kind of turned the, the issue around for me. It got me hooked into that part. And then all the other stuff I feel like uh, will follow. But, um, you know, Nicole, any I last just, spot on that? Yeah, I think you're actually right. I think this book is actually very specific for a very specific kind of Batman fan and a very specific Batman reader. But on top of that, I do think this is also one of those cases where this might have actually worked better if it was everything at once, where you got the full yeah. as a graphic novel rather than individual issues, because then you could take your time, go back, annotate and come back. Because this is very, this is like high literature Batman on a very real sense. Like, like I said, I've got a notebook where I'm mapping stuff because this is like a lot to work through and a lot of things to keep straight. But I think that once I think once it all comes together and you get the full finished product, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. But this is for a very specific Batman fan, I think. I really do. 
Yeah, I would like to binge like it when me. it's all together. <laughs> um, moving into some uh, rapid fires real quick. Uh, there is one book uh, this week that I think actually is the opposite. where It works incredibly well in episodic form, and that is a Masterpiece uh, from Brian Bendis, uh, Brian Michael Bendis and Alex Maleev. Uh, those two have teamed up again for Dark Horse Comics this time around. Uh, and I, like, adored this issue. I thought this was... I, I'm a huge, it's noted, everyone knows this is on the show, I'm a huge Brian Michael Bendis fan, period. Uh, there's a couple of books I don't like, but it's easier for me to find the books I don't like than the ones, you know what I mean? Like, that list is way short. So, uh, this was such a, there's a twist midway through of, you know, this, this essentially the plot is like this child um, is kind of learning that her parents are like these master criminals from someone they screwed over. And so that person is kind of coming to collect. He fi he's finally found that they had a child and all this. But the awesome swerve is that like midway through, you know, you're, you're getting all this normal thing of like the villain, like, you know, going on this long thing of like, here's what happened and here's this. And it's supposed to be the shock and revelation. And it is. But then like later on, it's revealed that like, oh, no, I knew that she she had been prepped before like she's she's been filled in on a lot of history except for like one aspect of it so like it still was shocking but it wasn't shocking in the way the reader expected it and they kind of flip it on its head and so then it just adds a whole other layer to this now it's going to be i guess kind of pseudo partnership rivalry thing because he wants her to do something uh to kind of square things up and he wants to her to make someone else feel like he felt all those years ago and then there's like this mystery person that comes out of nowhere and it's not her parents because for all intents and purposes it seems her parents are dead there's a lot of stuff here there's also a lot of layers in this book but i just thought i don't know this just was one of those like debuts that like knocked it out of the park did anyone have, else have a chance to read this one i haven't read this one yet but okay. it definitely i've heard a couple people say that they really liked it so it's definitely on my pile to read. I'm hearing you talk about, I mean, I am not always sold on Bendis. I apologize. I know, no. I know that you're a big Bendis fan. <laughs> I'm not, <laughs> but I mean, there's stuff I like, there's stuff I don't like. It's but most, almost every creator I'm that way. But like, I've heard enough good about this that between your very excited response to it and everything else I've seen, I am going to check this one out because it sounds interesting. And then we said it's layered. I love a layered story. I know. Yeah. And I, and I also just love the, the personality of, of the lead is, is amazing so far. I'm just prepping for like future, uh, future Ember. Ember's just going to be talking like, she's going to be so smart and intelligent surpass me very quickly. <laughs> very quickly. <laughs> um, uh, Kofi, did you have a chance to read them before I move on? Okay, cool. No, uh, Green Lantern number six. Uh, again, this is, you know, uh, people know I'm a Green Lantern fan, but this is awesome because uh, we have seen Hal Jordan and Sinestro, Again, we were talking about, you know, not tropes. I try not to throw that word around too much. But, like, essentially, yes, we have seen that done many and many a time. Just like Batman stories with the pearls and things like that. We've seen it. But so to put a, a new spin on it is interesting and it's difficult to do. But here we actually get, you know, having a rage lanterned Sinestro compared to, you know, with the emotional spectrum kind of on the fritz. And there's this kind of greater mystery as to why Hal's on earth what really happened to some of the other lanterns uh and then sinestro having the normal kind of very tactical strategic patient sinestro just be this reckless <laughs> uh power power hungry type of person with a red lantern ring makes for interesting storytelling and, and when artists take 
the construct idea and they just run with it, it makes for such a better comic. And, and this Green Lantern run has been fantastic. When we get giant monsters, kaiju running around, giant knights, you know, <laughs> battleships, like all this stuff. It's it's awesome. But yeah, I, I love to see that stuff other than a big fist or a shield. My God, like learn how to do more than two things, <laughs> Justice League. Um, Radiant Black 27.5. There were actually two issues of Radiant Black this week. Uh, they are kind of... Yes, they are kind of part one and part two, but they are also from different perspectives. So they're kind of really their own issues. And 27.5 for me is the one that stuck out. Again, if you're if you're keeping up with the Catalyst Award and things like that, you're going to probably pick both up. Also, they have an awesome connecting cover. But if you only can pick up one, I would say 27.5 is the one that really sold it for me. Also, I'm a huge Radiant Red fan, and Radiant Red shows up in this book, so yay. Uh, finally, uh, Batman Santa, because <laughs> we got to talk about uh, we got to talk about Silent Night. Okay, this I I adored the first issue, the way they like brought in. Krampus and the history and all that stuff. And like Batman just does adventures with Santa and like they just love it. So fun. And this second issue ruled. Uh Nicole, did you have a chance to read this one? I did. I I am a sucker for like holiday oriented books. Like one probably one of my all-time favorite DC books is the Larfleys Christmas special. I'm not yes! gonna lie. It's the best. But like I this like it's like it's Batman, it's Santa, it's Krampus. Like the, they did, did DC make this for me? Because I think they did. Like, I, it's just, I love it. I love this book. <laughs> it's bonkers. It's bonkers. It's in the best way. In the best yes. way possible. Kofi, have you been, did you did you check out the uh, Batman Christmas? He is <laughs> like, no, what is wrong with you people? That's not one of mine to gravitate towards. You guys eat it up now. It's so good. Also, Dan Mora covers. Dan Mora <laughs> is one of the best artists out there. Period. Dude drawing Santa and Batman, I'm I'm in. I the story could suck and I would still buy it for the cover. Seriously. <laughs> get in the get in the holiday spirit in the weirdest way possible. <laughs> uh Kofi, before we before we uh get into record pass, uh, anything you wanted to mention, highlight this week? I know you read some of the books I don't. Uh just X-Men Red. I mean, I love what's going on in X-Men books. So uh and I actually like what Iron Man has done to tie into those books. So I'm enjoying that whole side of things. Just some light, easy X-Men reading, trying to survive. Back to basic. <laughs> All right. For sure. Uh, so revisiting our two main books. I forgot to do this last week, so bet on me. Uh, do we give, how are we looking at Moon Knight number 30? Do we give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down? Nicole, what'd you say? Oh, big thumbs up from me. Like, Kofi? I love it. Thumbs up. Big, big thumbs up. Pro Moon Knight. Yeah, uh, and it's not a it's not a spoiler. Uh, thumbs up, thumbs up for me. Uh, we I, I had to tone down the like three and four thumbs up because I was running out of room, <laughs> starting not to matter. So one thumbs up, one thumbs up, but very good, very enthusiastic thumbs up. Uh, Batman Gargoyle of Gotham, the Cole. I'm giving it a thumbs up again. This is extremely my thing. So, Kofi. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go thumbs down. Understand. Understand. Fair. Uh I am Fair. gonna go. I'm gonna go thumbs up. And I think it won me over. Cause I, I will say at first I I don't know if I was feeling it. So it was kind of like if we had a middle thumb, if we had like just like this. <laughs> have a neutral, have a neutral. <laughs> yeah, a neutral thumb would have been that. But it, but it kind of won me over and I and I really dig the world. So uh that is it for this week's edition of the pool list. We'll obviously talk more comics on Friday's show. And you can always check out our past episodes on your podcast platform of choice and on the comic book nation YouTube page and the main comic 
Facebook, YouTube page. So I uh, hope you enjoy this. Let us know what you're thinking. Let us know what you're loving. And until next time, peace. Read some comics. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.